0: Gather round, circle up, fill the cups, spill the tea Just believe, just believe the Diamond Dogs are here And that means that you're not alone We get one shot at this life And heaven knows, heaven knows that we try, that we try The Diamond Dogs are here
1: If you feel like you've lost your fire, especially during the Great Resignation in the wake of a global pandemic, you're not alone. People are rethinking life choices and life paths like never before. Lucky for you, it's not a road you have to walk alone. Igniting the Firestarter Within chronicles Jason Barnaby's and several other leaders' journeys from corporate professional to solopreneur. This book will help you find your fire, fan the flame, and tend your tribe as you work to uncover the real you. Want to accelerate your results? Check out 30 Days to Blaze, a 30-day practical step-by-step guide to finding and feeding the fire inside of all of us. You can get both on amazon.com.
0: Hello and welcome back to episode seven, season two. Can you believe it of the Diamond Dogs podcast? I am one of your gracious hosts, Jason Barnaby, along with my fabulous co-host
1: Beth Rashley.
0: Hey, Beth. And Beth hey, is going to uh, give us a little little recap of episode seven. We uh, we really enjoy this topic, so. It away, yeah.
1: This whole season is just
0: it's it's so good, it's
1: just chocked full of really interesting topics, and I'm excited to dig in once again to them. So, this episode really starts with you know, Ted starting to explore therapy with Sharon. That's how we kick things off. Last episode, we know he kind of ended up there after his panic attack. And so he's really starting to try to dig in a little bit with Sharon. It doesn't go great for a while. So we'll go into that with some details. Um, The other thing that's happening in this episode is Roy and Keely are, are having a really interesting relationship moment because now that Roy is working with Keely, she's starting to feel a little bit smothered because he's just there all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, and the person who actually ends up being really helpful with that situation is surprisingly Jamie (laughs) talk about how that kind of comes to pass a little bit later. And then there's, it just continues to be the storyline with Nate that we've been talking about all season. Um, Nate goes viral because of his triple substitution park, the bus situation that happened in the last game that resulted in the win. Um, but he's really still battling a lot of insecurity on the inside. There's another Tons. really sad moment that happens with his father. Yep. And then all of the way he's feeling is really leading to some bad behavior in the locker room. Um, so we're just still seeing this this pattern of Nate kind of spiraling a little bit out of control here. so we'll we'll yeah. dig into that more. I'm excited to talk about that storyline again.
0: I feel like we need a like a beginning. As we go into this, like, we need that, like, that kind of Star Trek like that ethereal when we talk about headspace, like, yes, yes,
1: something
0: I like, like it. that. I like if you it. could see Beth, like, doing her thinking voice, her thinking, yeah, face so I'm with,
1: trying to figure out how can I make that happen,
0: hand on the chin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would be Beth because I don't know shit about any of that, um, editing stuff, which is why we're a great team because she likes it and I don't,
1: I am some sort of freak.
0: The only reason that this minute. thing gets out every week is because of Beth. So well. I would just have a file full of these things going, one of these days we're gonna have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what my book did for three and a half years. <laughs> Somebody finally goes, Are you gonna ever publish that book? I was like, damn.
1: Damn. I've been it's that last step that this it's the hardest sometimes. That yes. like hit the publish button. That's the hard step. Mm-hmm. That's That's the one that people don't talk about enough. That's maybe the hardest step of all.
0: It is. Well, as my good friend, I I wish he was my good friend. Um, He's a good friend in my head and he's been a mentor of mine forever. Uh, Seth Godin says, we're always, we're always prepared. We're never ready or we're always ready. We're never prepared. I can't remember which one he says it. Shit.
1: I don't know. It's good though. Either way, you can the see point,
0: the point. <laughs> the point is like you make this list. That's it. We're always ready. We're never prepared because we make this list to say I have to do this, 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 and this. And then I'll be like prepared. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and his whole thing is just go do it.
1: And, yeah. See what happens. Yeah.
0: All right. So my goodness, we have a lot of lessons and quotes. Where do we want to start today? Beth?
1: Let's start with this therapy. Okay. storyline. Cause I really, really love, <laughs> I just, I started keeping notes based on the number of session because the things yes. that happen in yes. each one are so funny. So Ted, you know, understands he needs help, but man, he's really struggling with the discomfort of that. And this yeah. is not an easy process for Ted. And the way in which that manifests, it's just, it's, I think, number one, realistic number two, hilarious. Like, and the way Sharon handles it is also really good. Like, I just think there's a lot to unpack there. So the first time he goes in, he is just so physically uncomfortable. Like it's in his body. Like he's trying to figure out where to sit and how to hold his hands. It's like he's got
0: bees in his pants.
1: Yeah. Like he's just a hot mess. And then she asks, you know, and the scene goes on for probably two or three minutes of him. Yeah, and he like tries like,
0: sitting on the couch. Yeah. He's like, but what do I do with my hands? Yeah. And then I'm going to, maybe I'll sit over here and maybe I'll do this. I'll put my feet up. And he's like doing all these things. And she's just literally sitting there watching, just watch, just yeah. letting it all she's unfold
1: quiet. And she's just observing. And then eventually ends up sitting next to her, which is where she, I think would have preferred him to be the whole time. And he starts playing this, this bird she has on her desk. And it's right. just like, it, it's just it's just magical from a standpoint of how the discomfort is like literally manifesting out of his body. Like he cannot control, um, all of that discomfort that he's feeling. And then she's talking
0: a mile a minute.
1: Oh yeah. So fast. And he's just so deeply uncomfortable. And then she asks one question and he bolts. (laughs) He's like, I can't do this. And he leaves (laughs) like just, he's out. And the look on her face is just priceless. She's like, what just happened to me? Like, it wasn't even a hard question. It was just yeah. the second he was going to have to open up. He just could not do it. Um, and then he ends up coming back for another session. And this time he shows up and he's angry.
0: Yeah, he's pissed.
1: Yeah, he's like really angry and a little aggressive with her. Um, He opens up a little bit about what happened to him in marriage counseling and why he feels the way he does about therapy. And he tells her, I think it's bullshit. And you're only listening because you get paid to listen, which is, I mean, really harsh. Mm -hmm. And again, he leaves like he gets real angry. He kind of attacks her and then he's out. Like, I don't even think she gets a question in that. Mm -hmm. time. No, he's just.
0: And you can tell by her face that when he leaves because they go back to her face, like you can tell that hurt like that was yeah. painful to hear.
1: yeah. um just yeah. really, really hard. And then he ends up coming back. and she says at the beginning, she says this thing I just loved and and she said, um I need I knew you'd be back you you said you never quit, so I knew you'd be yeah. back and i I think that is like really validating for him i think that's the kind of encouragement he needed in that moment to maybe sit down and try again and then the thing that she does that's really great is she gives him some really great like clear and kind feedback about the last interaction
0: she um, lays it on the line
1: yeah and she does it in a, like i said a really kind way she's not trying to be a bitch there's no anger she could have been
0: really mean like you were yeah. a dick and here's all the reasons why yeah. and blah. And she like, would have been really- justified
1: to do that like right. he was an asshole um, yeah. but she doesn't do that at all. And, um, you know, she just says, Hey, what you said hurt me. Um, I don't feel like, you know, don't you get paid to coach? Would you do it for free? Do you, does that mean you don't care? Um, and she does a really nice kind of comparison there. And I, mm-hmm. I think again, gets through to him and he ends up apologizing. And, um, then he says this, then she ends up saying this line, uh, about it's just line. fire. And I think this is, is so true in so many settings, she says, the truth will set you free, but first it will really piss you off. <laughs> and man, that is just so true. Like every time I like have awareness around like a deep truth about myself, like your first yes. reaction is like, just, yeah. you know, you're just yeah. so mad.
0: Totally. Totally. I was I was actually telling a story last week about uh, we. Were, I was talking to somebody about the enneagram, and they were like, "Tell me more about that." And I was telling them about, you know, my number is a seven, and I said, "You know, the thing I love about the enneagram is it gets to the why." And when I was told like what my why is that like I do all these things because I'm afraid of pain, and I'm afraid of like stillness. I was. I'm like, that's like that's complete bullshit. Do you like look at the company that i've started like i moved overseas i you know and it's like i did all and and at that moment when i'm like having this internal argument with myself i'm like yep you ran yep you ran yep you went all the way to the other side of the ocean yep you started something else yeah yeah i was like
1: fuck yeah that's it's so funny because the first thing i thought about when she said that thing is enneagram too because mm-hmm. I when I realized I was a nine, I was so pissed off about it. Yep. And it's the same reason. I don't like the underlying motivation of a nine. Um, but it's that doesn't make it not true. It's super true. <laughs> right. But man, I don't like it. I would yeah. much prefer to be the two that I thought I was.
0: Right. But to to go back to Dr. Sharon's quote, the truth will set you free. And yeah. I will tell you, yeah. and I would imagine it's the same for you, though it pisses you off. You're like, okay, now I get it. Yeah, And the the freedom that I have found to be more of me because of why I really am me, like accepting that over the last several years, as I've dug into the Enneagram, I'm not even, I do not say this lightly, oh, life altering, seriously life sure. altering.
1: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And the insights I continue to have about how often and how deeply that motivation has affected me yes I mean it still happens all the time oh. like, mother fuck there's that again
0: yeah
1: so my wife brought
0: up something yesterday <laughs> she goes about this thing that um, you know we I won't go into all the details but are you going to talk about this thing that like you haven't even acknowledged that is a like it's a disappointing thing that we were going to do but we're not going to get to do it for several reasons and I was like no uh. <laughs> why would i why would i do that that when it's gonna make me feel bad like (laughs) no and again and i actually uh, i told beth this before we started but i had i was in therapy right before we started recording today and we talked about that whole like talked about that whole thing like why would i want to do that and it's this whole balance thing man balance is a Balance is a bitch. I think maybe that should be on a t-shirt.
1: That should be on a t-shirt. Why don't you make that happen? Balance is a bitch. It really is. And is it an illusion? I often think that about balance, about anything. Like, is it really possible? I don't know.
0: So uh, here's what I would say about that. Fresh out of my therapy session. What would would Michael tell us about this? Exactly. (laughs) What would WWM? D yes, or yeah. MS, what MS. would Michael say? I like say? it. I like it. What, what would, would Michael sell us? Yep. It's, I don't believe that it is an illusion, but it is short lived. Yeah. I mean, if you ever right. think about, like, if you, like, what I wrote in my notes this morning is I wrote, I drew a picture, a very crude picture of a teeter totter, right? like if you've ever stood on a teeter-totter or a bosu ball or anything that you're trying to balance on like you can find that sweet spot of balance I don't know I'm not a great balancer 10 15 20 seconds right but then you got to shift and you got to move and yeah. so it's like you can find it but it's kind of, it's elusive yeah and and it and it's hard to find the space and I would say also it's probably easy to give up and walk away. From, oh, for
1: sure. Cause it's so hard. Yeah. Right. Like it's so hard to make but man, moment. those moments
0: of balance yeah. that well, like you're in the zone. Yeah. Are so amazing.
1: Yeah. I think that's super true. So. I think there are so many things like that and so many words like that that we give. Power to that even just in exploring like what does this the word mean? I had a really interesting conversation with my coach two or three months ago. My business is really funny, and it it, it's funny from from a standpoint of why did I just realize this this year? I don't know because it's it 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 shouldn't be a surprise to me. I worked in corporate training long enough to understand that there are cycles, right? There are seasons, there are cycles. There never once in my career on the inside was I not either slammed or completely bored? Like that is the business. That is yep. what it is. You are either drowning or you're yep. like, hmm, I could use something to do. Like, um,
0: yep, totally. I'm all, totally I'm all caught that. up on everything.
1: Yep. And so why did I expect that this business where I do the same thing <laughs> would be different than that? I don't know. So anyway, March and April were uncharacteristically busy for me. And I hadn't been busy like that in a minute. And I was struggling with it a little bit. And I was like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like I can't get my arms around. Like, where's a middle? Like, how can I get to like a middle that's sustainable? And my coach and I ended up just exploring the word busy. Like, what does the word busy mean to me? Mm. And like letting go of the power that we let that word have over us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And like, what could another word be? (laughs) Could it be full? Could it be, you know, like we just had a really interesting conversation about it. Mm. And ever since then, I've been really trying to work on like, okay, when am I using that word and am I using it yeah. as a positive or a negative? Am I using it as a right crutch or, you know, like it? I just think there's a lot of value in, you know, those words that we assign these meanings to like digging into that and figuring out what that is for you. Yeah. Balance is one of those words busy is one yeah. of those words perfect I've, is one of those words.
0: Oh. Uh, perfect doesn't exist. Nope. Spoiler alert mm-hmm. for those of you listening who are like I'm trying to trying to reach it it nope. don't exist.
1: Nope, it doesn't.
0: And the I have noticed so it was interesting for me when I left the US several years ago um, you know, when you would see people in the hallway and you would say, hi, and people would say, hi, like, you're just walking by like, hi, right. Like, hi, how are you? And when I left, it was hi, how are you doing? And the standard response was busy or fine. Yeah. Like one, (laughs) one of those, right. Like, and so what was really interesting is when I came back from being overseas almost eight years, it had shifted to, um, which it was, it was fascinating to me. You would ask somebody how they were doing, and they they didn't answer. They responded with the question. So they'd say, "How you doing? How you doing?" There's no answer now, well, which I thought was really really interesting. And I've noticed a shift in the busy word of late. When people will like that is just standard response. How you doing? I'm so busy. Yeah,
1: busy. Yeah, that's and what everybody so always now, says.
0: Yes, and now I find that people will start correspondence with. Most people, I know you're really busy, but and it's like, yes.
1: and sometimes know I'm, busy? I'm like I'm not that busy.
0: I'm like'm I'm, I'm actually really not
1: yeah, I'm fine. I'm really,
0: really not that busy. <laughs> and what and to your point, and I think that's a great here's a here's a great do for our listeners. what is what are those words? what's a what's a word or two that you use a lot? Have you really unpacked? stressed, busy? Yeah, um frazzled? rest what does rest look like
1: yeah and you can do that one of the one of my favorite ways to do this and i sometimes do this with my clients too is so this is my these are two words we've explored recently
0: fun, Ooh, f- and, fun. and
1: busy fun and um busy. and literally just like put the word in the center of a yeah. piece of paper A word and, map and do a word map like what yeah. other words come out and you'll find some really interesting things um one of the words that came out for me when I did this with busy was a worth.
0: Oh, damn it.
1: Like, and I was yeah. like, well, shit, that's something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you'll just, it's just interesting what, what comes out of those explorations and it's just can be really, really. Um, helpful when you're trying to shift directions on something, when you're trying to shift your energy around something, just understanding the labels that you're applying to it can be such a huge game changer. Yeah. And I think this applies to this therapy situation with Ted too, because part of the reason he's struggling here is because of the meaning he has put behind the word therapy.
0: Yep. Well, and I, I think that's a great segue into one of my favorite quotes of the whole thing is um, (laughs) there's a bunch of people standing around in the, uh, in the um, locker room and Ted says sometimes it's good to keep things bottled up. That's how we get pickles and vodka <laughs> and extra virgin olive oil. Like different people are saying these <laughs> yes. things, and then Higgins has a pipe in his mouth and he goes and messages, and people are like, "What?" And he's like, <laughs> he's like in <"Em, laughs> bottles, and he's like got the you can barely understand it because he's got he's this got goofy like uh, Sherlock Holmes pipe yes. in his in his mouth. So but funny. But sometimes it's good to think keep things bottled up. It made me think a lot of Poland cause pickles and vodka, um, very yeah. big, both very big. And
1: yeah. Um, and, and there's some really funny lines in the therapy scenes. Yes. She says, yes. she says, um, I can't be your mentor without occasionally being your tormentor, which is just funny. I mean, that <laughs> is just a funny line. And then she also says, uh, self-care can be scary. Fight or flight is a natural response. You just happen to do both. <laughs> And he literally did. He, he did does. The fight he like, and the fight.
0: He, yep. He like, he's mean. And then he's, he's yep. out. Yeah. is it's
1: really funny. Um.
0: Yeah. It's uh,
1: yeah. It's super funny.
0: That's good stuff. All right. So, you know, I, I think one of the other things that's really important to think about with this whole therapy deal. And I think it's not only in therapy, but it's in life. It's yeah. in life. Beth and I were talking today. This is uh this past Saturday was the date, was the um four year anniversary of my first Monday on my own. Uh one of the things I'm going to release, so you all get a little bit of a spoiler alert, is I spent a thousand dollars when I first started on a commercial. Um, I had a I I hired somebody, I had a teleprompter. We were in a studio. Wow. We did this whole. It's like a minute long. Worked really hard on the on the copy, and uh, never released the commercial. And I talk about a thing in the commercial that I never created, but I was I was convinced that I was going to create it. And it's like, talk about putting the cart before the damn horse. Like there was there was like there were no horses anywhere in sight. <laughs> the cart was just in the middle of a field by itself. Uh, Just sitting there. Um, But I think as we look at Ted's journey, and it's really interesting because we're preparing for, you know, for other episodes too. So watching things again and just seeing like the, the progress that Ted has made, listen, it's not always going to work the first time, the second time, the third time. And I remember when I called my good friend, Uh, Brian Neal, who I've talked about lots on this podcast and told him about this engagement that I had recently, that was the longest and largest engagement I've ever had. And he told me, and I, this has echoed in my head multiple times since he said, congratulations to you, dude. He goes, I just wish more people would not quit. Yeah. And I just, I just think that there's I mean, that's such a simple thing but it's so true and beth i think both of us in in our journeys this far could attest to like well that didn't work like what do we try now like yeah. well, that didn't work oh, what sure. do we try now that didn't yeah. work ooh this did work how can i make that better um and i mean just google just simply go google all the like failures before successes right like however many oh, yeah. times you know uh Edison did, you know, tried before he got the light bulb, how many, uh, how many strikeouts Babe Ruth had though. He's known as like the, the, the hitter, how many, I think the, uh, maybe we should look this up and put it in the show notes, but, um, I think Jordan missed tremendously more at the buzzer shots than he made. Yeah. It was like a third to two thirds or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he definitely missed more than he made. Yet what do we talk about? Him being the clutch player.
1: Right? Yeah. And absolutely. And, and
0: having to know that the the missed shot, the failed engagement, the what it, it is, and that's another thing I was talking about with Michael today, like detaching my self-worth, my self-value, my self-image. From a failure that happens. Yes, dig in and find out why that happened, but that doesn't define me. And I would say, especially for people in the business that we're in, because the content and the product is so closely tied to who we are. It's it's been birthed out of it's not a widget that gets made on a line that you can go, oh well, the the line sucked or the quality was bad or the material was off or the you know, whatever. We're the ones that are responsible and, and detaching from that, which I did not do a good job at all. The first couple of years that I did my business and still struggle with it, but really just realizing that if it may not always work out on the first or second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth, and that's where that why in, in your headspace really becomes like the guiding light and the guiding force. What is your why Beth like for what you do? What's like what is what is the why that you have behind what you do?
1: I I had some r- early in my career, I had a couple really lousy bosses. And mm. everybody's had some in their life and I remember. <laughs> my like official motto, like my internal motto for why I do what I do is no more bad bosses. Like Mm. there shouldn't be any more bad bosses. Like it, it's not as complicated as we make it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the impact that bad bosses can have on people, on cultures, on families is huge. Yeah. And that's why I do what I do. If I can make like, if I can take like 10 bad leaders off the streets, make them better winning. Like I just count that as like a huge success. Right. Um, and that's what keeps me going after it is remembering what it felt like to work for somebody mm. who is bad. And I've also gotten to work for some super amazing leaders. And I yeah. know that that
0: we had one on the pod. That,
1: yeah. Like working for Carly was a game changer for me. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be in business if I hadn't gone and worked for Carly. I know that for sure.
0: Shout out to Carly. Hope you're yeah, listening. She's Carly. Just the best. And I just have to say that I, didn't get to stay nearly as long as I would have liked to have stayed on that (laughs) panel discussion, but I knew I got to meet Carly for about 15 minutes and I'm like, I need more Carly
1: in my life. Right. She is the best. Like I, and I honestly, I miss working for her like deeply Mm -hmm. and any pull that I ever have to not doing this business is like, man, I'd like to work for Carly again. (laughs) You know, like i deeply miss working for Carly. Mm -hmm. If the right opportunity came up working for Carly again, I'd have to think about it. You know, like it's,
0: Listen up, Carly.
1: Yeah, because I just I loved yeah, working I get, for her. I get that. so, and I think when you have those really great leaders, it it changes who you are. It changes how you feel about oh, yourself. 100%. And it's just you know, Couldn't it's magic. More. So if I can if I can influence oh, that oh, in some way, oh, it's magic. It's, oh, good song choice. You know, yeah. So you know that's why I get up. Like that's why that's my why. Love it. And I hope that stuff. I have moments where I'm, I'm living that mission. I, <laughs> what I will tell you is most of my one-on-one coaching clients are already fantastic leaders <laughs> and it's just trying to like do little tweaks. Like it's yeah. not, you know, I'm not taking bad leaders and making them.
0: But little, and that's phenomenal. the, that's the thing I think we're going to see in Ted. That's the thing I've definitely definitely seen in my own journey with therapy and those kinds of things. It's like the little tweaks. Yeah. Like I did a thing a couple of weeks ago with a bunch of HR leaders down (laughs) in Bloomington, Indiana, and we did, uh, the whole theme was connect and, uh, was it connect or reconnect? Sorry. It was reconnect. And so I talked about reconnecting with ourselves first and then reconnecting with others. Cause I don't think if you, if you're not connected with you, it's hard to connect with others. Yeah. So one of the things that we did was just box breathing. You know, you breathe yeah. in for 4, you hold it for 4, you breathe out for 4, you hold it for 4. And we did and I had 3 people come up to me afterwards and said, "I love that box breathing thing." Yeah. Uh if you have an Apple Watch, you have that thing on your on yeah. your watch that tells you to breathe. Here's the here's the spoiler alert though. You have
1: to do it. You have to do it when it tells you to do it. Otherwise, to, it doesn't. You can't just yeah. be
0: like, oh, I'll breathe later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breathing's important. You really we should you do really it multiple believe, times a day.
0: You really believe that you'd be dead.
1: Yeah. No kidding. No. Yeah. Kidding. So,
0: so, uh, again, for leaders who are listening, you, uh, I don't want to shit on you, but, um, you, I would encourage, I think we, Beth and I both would encourage and challenge you to, if you do not know your why, to figure what, to figure out what oh, that is. Because sure. when the shit hits the fan, and it will, and sometimes multiple times a day, um, maybe you want to fight or run or both like Ted does. But if you don't have a why behind it, man, it makes it so much harder to come back
1: and keep doing the work. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And leadership is so aligned with like what we do. Yes. That from a standpoint of like it's hard and i have seen some really fantastic leaders decide they don't want to be leaders anymore yeah it's too hard Yep. um so the kind of like stick-to-itiveness that it takes to like right. keep after it's the same as right. as what we do so being in touch with that why i think is super important and, and it's I not always say, hard you know it's like there's no really right. awesome moments too but there will be moments that knock you on your behind so right
0: and i would also say for those of you who are you know if you're listening and you're like well i i don't don't know if i want to be a leader I'm, i i met with a guy last week who was one of my first clients when i started tremendous support great mentor incredibly wise man and he told me he said i'm a great number 2 yeah and you know one of my favorite of all times Ted talks is how to start a movement. It's like Mm -hmm. less than a minute. And it talks about the lone nuts, which I would say Beth and I are, which we've talked about, but you need those first followers. You need those number twos who will come along and like, yeah, this is a good, like, how can I help? Oh, I can invite other people. Yeah, I can do that. While that person continues to blaze a trail and go out in front. I think that's,
1: I think we should, I was going to say that's,
0: Even if you've watched, watch it, I've watched it probably a hundred times and I'm not exaggerating. And I learn something new every time I watch it.
1: Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's got to be like an early, like, uh, it's like the old school version of like viral dance reels that happen now. You know, if you're on Instagram and you see those like. Flash mob kinds of things. It's like the old school version yeah. of that.
0: Do they do flash mobs still happen?
1: I think so. I don't know. I'm too old and out of touch. But one of the
0: coolest things. When like they,
1: they still do.
0: If you're younger, listening, to this like what that would you flash let us mob? know?
1: Yeah, Just, tell us yeah. if you even know what that is anymore. Is that still yeah. a thing? Keep keep us young, would you? Save yeah. us from ourselves. Right. <laughs>
0: All right, so carrying on about headspace, um, I think going to Nate next oh, is, yeah. a, is a good Nate. space because Nate. I simultaneously, Nate's all up in his head.
1: Yeah, I simultaneously have so much empathy for Nate and also want to punch him in the face. Yes. like it's it's so oh, he frustrates me to no end. Yeah. Um, and and he pulls out both qualities in me, which I know is exactly what they want. Yeah, it's exactly how those dang writers want us to feel. Yeah man, this drama is just nuts. And I, the thing I wrote down when I was watching this time, especially is, you know, that saying that's out there that hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. That is what's happening with Nate. Like you could sum it, it is. up it is. In, in just that phrase. He is so hurt that all he does is lash out and hurt other people.
0: Yes. And the, the, the companion saying to that on the other side is that healed people, heal heal people. Is-
1: Damn right.
0: And it's, but the, sometimes the bridge to cross between one or the other is vast.
1: Yeah. And, and
0: right now, you know, hard
1: to do when you're not even on the bridge, like dude's not even on the bridge. Doesn't even realize that that's what's happening.
0: No, doesn't even know there is a bridge. Mm
1: -mm. No,
0: no. So so he, you know, he sits calling out and practice, um, and he's just like, (laughs) this is exactly what we put in our notes too. Like, so he, he takes him out. And, uh, we see that, that Colin is, you know, doing his own work, which I like, you know, these I little love steps, he
1: goes to share, which he's, I love. he's,
0: he's got a, he's got a mantra. I'm a strong and capable man. I'm a strong, strong, and capable, capable man. man. He
1: starts muttering it to himself. That whole scene. I loved that so much.
0: Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> and then Colin as a good, as a good, you know, member of the team, he comes to talk to Nate. And says, like, did I do something? Like, what's going on, dude? Did I do something to offend you? And Nate is just a dick. He's
1: I mean, just, just there's no other word for there it. There's no other
0: word. He's just a total dick. And Beard sees the whole thing. Um, he does he say something then? He
1: doesn't, he doesn't till that's the next morning. Right,
0: right. And that's I think so that's beard. really important. And and And, you know, true to our investigative reporting relationship that we had, Beth realized what book he was reading.
1: (laughs) I keep my eyes peeled for these and dug in
0: a little bit. So take it away on that. So
1: he's reading. So basically Beard, they cut to after Nate is just a complete and utter asshole to Colin. Basically, what he says to Colin is Colin says, well, why do you treat me so much differently than the other players? And and Nate basically tells him, because you're not worth my time. You're like the fine player, like you know, why would I spend time? I mean, it's just it's an yeah, awful it's thing terrible. to say to somebody terrible. um, Just awful. So anyway, beard is is they cut to beard at the end and he's in his office with his feet on the desk in his book as per usual. But he's been watching the whole thing. So he knows exactly what happens. And the book he's reading is Nick Corton's About a Boy, which I haven't read and I haven't seen the movie. I know there's a movie right. with Hugh Grant. So I tried to dig into like okay, what's the plot here? Like what could the connection be? And the only thing I can come up with is it it the the book explores like how we mature. Like how do how do we react to problems that come at us right. and how do we handle maturity? So there's a character who um didn't ever really grow up that's a grown up and then there's a character who's a kid who didn't you know, needs to learn how to be a kid and let himself right. be a kid. So, Jason and I were talking before we hit record about like, uh, where's the connection point here? And I do see some parallels to Nate, right? Like, yes, there is no fun in Nate. Like, no, there's just no fun, no joy there anymore. If there was some there, it's we don't see it this season. No. The parallel of like potentially like who needs to, um, grow up we thought maybe that's beard he's so quiet behind the scenes you know like he doesn't um and and we're going to see another story arc um with beard that's going to come up in a couple episodes that makes me wonder if that's beard um kind of stepping into himself a little bit more so I don't know. We'll see if that plays out, but I thought that was an interesting thing that he was reading. If anybody is super familiar with that book or that movie and see something else, let us know. Cause I would yeah. love, um, would love to know, um, where I got it wrong with my detective sleuthing, but that's my, it's my initial investigation.
0: <laughs> right. And then, you know, in all of this where Nate is loving being in on the Twitter sphere and you know yeah. being out there in the world he goes and sees his parents um for breakfast and his dad's reading the paper and of course you know i'm sure Nate knew he was in the paper but he plays like it's surprising and he goes oh they will let anybody in the paper these days and his dad's read and he you know turns uh, turns the paper over and there's a picture of yeah. of Nate and Nate's dad which i mean Nate's dad seems like I can't remember if it was this episode or one before where he, where he said like his dad pulled, he and his like fourth or fifth grade girlfriend aside and told them both that they could do better, (laughs) (laughs) which I just think is a lit, like your dad says to the girl that you're dating, you "You could do better. Like, you know, fair that he said it to both of them, but I mean, geez, so you get some insight there and his dad, just very matter of fact, you know, like he turns the paper over and he sees that, you know, Nate's there, which he'd probably already seen it anyway. And he says, they say humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less. less. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Cause that's.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's right. And also like you could say, Hey, good job with the game. Right, and also you know, be careful about yep. letting it go to your head. Like, there's a nicer way yeah. to do what yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate's dad did. You know, like it's just not, it's not excellent parenting that's happening yeah. here. Um, and so again, because he's hurt, that that hurt you know comes back, and he, um, there's also a scene at the end of this episode where um the the team end up getting him a jersey that has Wonder Kid on the back. Yes. And it was apparently Will's idea. So basically what happens is he sees this comment and then he um, ends up just ripping Will a new one um, about, you know, don't ever embarrass me in front of the team again. Like just, I mean, again, awful. And so let me back up for a second, too, because what happens after the initial conversation with Colin that Beard witnesses. So the next morning, Nate walks into his office and Beard's just sitting at his desk. In the dark, which cracks me up. So he turns on the light. Scares the shit scares out of Nate. Scares the shit out of him. It's hilarious. And and here's what Beard gives the best feedback. Here's, the, yes. here's the, the feedback he gives. You were rude to Colin. Rude and weirdly personal. Do better. And that's it. And then he gets up and he leaves. And that you do see him do a little better during that day until he sees that comment. And then yep. at the end, Manny just goes after Will again. Well, and it's
0: interesting because so he apologizes to Colin right in front of the whole team. And yeah. then they go into the locker room and they give him the the shirt that says yeah. Wonder Kid, which yeah. is, you know, they're making fun of his, you know, kind of his miss thing that he said. And and he's like, I really appreciate it. And one of the people on the team goes, well, that's good, because if if you're. Like if you reacted differently, we weren't going to give it to you. Or if you reacted differently, like you'd be an asshole or like they say something like that. And it's, you kind of see, it's like, oh, okay, well, Nate's like turning the corner. Right. But then I, uh, I know we say this all the time on, on this show, but the, what you are seeing on the outside of somebody is just a fraction of what is going on inside their head and inside their body. And Nate still feels less than he still feels like a loser. And that's the, that's part of the quotes. Like, yeah, he may have won the game, but he still seems like a loser. That's all he said. And that just, that's the, that's the match that lights the fuse and he just goes and takes it out on will. And it's like, yeah, It's just bubbling under the surface. And so that may be an answer to when you say something to somebody or don't say something to somebody and they react in a way that you're surprised by. And this is where I'll just go back again and repeat what, shout out to Sherry Christopher, her phrase, help me understand.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, help me understand why that was the reaction. Is there something that I'm missing? Help me understand. And it just leaves space for the other person to to open up.
1: Yeah. And I think again, like it's really great that beard gets in there with some feedback for him finally, because I think that's yeah. the first yeah. time yeah. anybody's yes, right. given at, you know, any feedback to him. Ted has been completely absent from this whole situation, yeah. which again, understandable based on what's happening for him, but still it's a huge leadership miss that he's not getting in and addressing this situation. Um, But I mean, more, more feedback needs to be, be given, and nice. honestly, like responsibilities need to be being taken taken away. Like if he can't uh, respectfully interact with Will and other people on the team, then he shouldn't get to be a leader on the team. Like it's, it's just that simple. He he can't cause this kind of um, emotional harm to others on the team's dime. You know that's right. just not. Right. That's not leadership.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see more and more of that. And then I just think, you know, I love this because we go from, you know, business and sports and stuff to dating. And there's this <laughs> whole the whole banter yes. deal, um, which I just Higgins dropping, just some truth bombs. It's so good. You know, Rebecca's all in her head about this banter boy, and he's like getting close. I think they, you know, he's like, shouldn't we should we meet or something like that? And and Rebecca's just like I don't i don't know what to say i don't i don't know what to say and i Higgins is like how about the truth i'd love to meet up but i'm worried that you can't live up to the fantasy I've created in my head so i'm gonna let my insecurities keep me from possibly finding my one true love and he's just like
1: boom boom yep and Higgins then, will just drop the truth uh, on every time
0: it's so good and and then he goes on to say like my relationship is the oxygen that gives me life and you have to take Rebecca's Thing, oh, so I, funny. She's she
1: was like, she's like she's ranting. Oh, she's mad. She's like, you know, relationships are hard. Apart from Leslie's marriage, which seems to be a bloody greeting card. <laughs> like she, she's really giving him shit about how perfect his relationship seems to be, which is exactly I'm sure how you would feel if you were single, you know, recently divorced and around Higgins all the time. Of course, you would be like, "Well, yes. Higgins' marriage is bloody yes. perfect." Man, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just love that scene. I love that scene. There's some really great like side conversations that happen in rebecca's office between higgins and keely and rebecca this time too that we have to capture some of these because they're just they're gold we haven't talked at all about the roy keely storyline so So basically what's happening here is poor keely is just needing a little bit of like room roy is just everywhere he wants to be with her all the time right And and he's oblivious he has no clue he has no clue what's happening and instead of talking to him about it, she keeps complaining to Higgins and Rebecca about it. And Rebecca has this great line <laughs> where she says, um, stop rehearsing your complaints and go talk to the person who can do something about it, which that is, ugh, that's really, really yes. good. And so many of us do that, especially, I feel like that is incredibly In easy. life to leadership do. and, and marriage, relationship. Yeah. Like yes. it's just easy to do that. I'm going to bitch about that. My husband didn't do the dishes and instead of bitching to him about it, where he could actually, you know, go do the dishes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to complain to somebody else about it. Right. I think we all kind of fall into that, that trap. Sometimes I just love (laughs) piece of like, that's, that's a good friend. That's good friend advice. Unfortunately she does not take it. And what ends up happening is she eventually ends up like blowing up in a fit of anger and doesn't give Roy the feedback to his face in a, in a great way. And then he has the epiphany that she's been talking. He's been walking in on her talking about it. He's
0: like, you talking about me again. She's like, yeah. "Yeah." And And everybody's like, yep.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I think Rebecca and Higgins, their first instinct was to be like, nope. Oh no, we're not talking about you. And uh -uh. then Keely's like, oh yeah, we were totally talking. (laughs) And he doesn't, I mean, he could care less that they're talking about him until he finds out what they were talking about. And then, I think that really bothers him that that he's, well, it
0: makes him feel bad. He's like, he's like, I feel like such a, I'm sure he has colorful language. I don't remember exactly what he says. He's like, you've been talking, he's like, this is what you've been talking about to everybody.
1: Yeah. And And he's he's like, like, I thought it was like, you know, I leave too much hair in the drain and it was like a real thing that you haven't talked to me about. And you made me seem like a clingy person to these people we work with and, you know, super valid complaint on his part. And so he's processing this. He's at practice with the um, with the players, and he's working with the offense. And he uh, <laughs> I have to say this part too. <laughs> he goes to like whistle the play to get them to stop. And instead of using the whistle, he just says the word whistle. He goes. He's like whistle, whistle.
0: whistle.
1: And then somebody says, you know, you could just use the actual whistle. And he goes, my lips are sensitive to metal. <laughs> again like where did they come up with this stuff like so i have to wonder
0: if it's based on like somebody that they you know that somebody that knew somebody (laughs) actually in you know in coaching who really couldn't use a real whistle because that's that's hilarious and it it could only come from roy like that's the only person that has
1: he can pull that off like
0: so kudos and high fives and standing ovations for the writers. Cause it's just so, it. oh, they so, come up so with this good. Stuff.
1: So, so funny. So anyway, good. he whistles the play down and then he's giving Jamie this advice about, you know, somebody else was trying to score and, and Jamie was kind of across the field. And he's like, no, you got to go to your teammate. You got to let your teammate know that you're there for them. And Jamie's like, you know, respectfully, yeah. that's not what he needs me to do. He needs me to give him space and trust him that he's going to make the play. And Roy, you see Roy have this epiphany of like, oh, shit, (laughs) I see this now. Like he sees the parallels with Keely. And I love that moment with Jamie, too, because it's like really good growth. Yeah. That you see in Jamie in that moment. Like, oh, he's really thinking about how he's showing up as a. Yeah.
0: And not only thinking about it, but like speaking up and speaking his truth. Like, no, I don't care. Uh, I'm reading this book called uh, Tribal Leadership that somebody gave me when I left. Uh, It was written in like 2006 and it is, it is so much like, uh, I'm not going to go into it now, but there's, it is Jamie standing up and speaking truth to somebody in authority, which just doesn't happen because why we're in our heads about what we think that's going to do. We don't say to the boss that this is the way it is. We go and bitch to our coworkers and nothing ever happens. And so we come in and it's like Groundhog Day. And the same shit is going on that went on yesterday, that went on last week, that went on last year, that went on the decade before. We don't change anything because we won't speak our truth to people in authority because of the headspace that we are in. Ugh. I think we just yeah. summed up corporate life for I really, so many people. I think you really
1: just did. Yeah. I mean, I think that pattern yeah. repeats and repeats and repeats sure across does. corporate America every single day.
0: Which every is a great day. segue, I will say, into one of our last quotes that we have, which I love from Ted, where he says, Living in the here and now is a gift. That's why they call it the present. He's such a it's, cheese ball. He's such a so, cheese
1: ball, but it's good. It's
0: true. It's
1: really good.
0: And, and, uh, I, I, in in uh, preparing for this keynote I did a couple weeks ago in Bloomington, it uh said that we spend uh, on average the human will spend two thirds of their waking hours thinking about the past or worrying about the future, and not in the present.
1: I think can that's you, super true. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine if you could just move that like five percent per month? Right. To the, like you would, I mean, the prep and, and I have been working with people to do that, but the, it is a practice, the practice of presence of being present and not allowing the filter of the past or the worries of the future to cloud what's happening right now. Yeah. Because if all of my energy is in thinking about the past and all that shame that's there or worrying about the future and what could or might happen, I have no energy left for the present.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just oh. if there's truth in it, and it's also like, also, I'll just say, really hard to do. Like, it's really hard yes. to stay in the presence. That's yes. why people, you know, are trying to teach us things like meditation, <laughs> right? Square breathing, because those things really help you like connect with this present moment, which is hard to do.
0: I think you. I just had. I just had an idea. I'm. A, I'm just gonna put it out there. I think you and I should co-write a book called shit i wish somebody taught me or shit i wish i knew and I like just it. like for le- for for the leader and the everyday person it doesn't matter because i think that they would these lessons would transcend work and like they would they would straddle both sides of of work and life
1: all right i'm in when... a sh-
0: like a short book like yeah. real pithy chapters yep. uh but yes
1: okay let us know would you buy that book if we wrote that book?
0: yeah would you buy it? Would you Would you listen to the Audible version? That might be. Maybe we just do an Audible version.
1: <laughs> oh, we could. Maybe. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, yeah, that would be fun. I would totally co-write a book with you.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Diamond Dogs podcast. The headspace thing is such a big deal. And we would just encourage you to dig into some of the things that we talked about today and ask some questions and if you need to find somebody to talk to go do that that is a strong approach to life that is not a weak approach and i can see beth shaking her head
1: preach it preach out. it my friend yeah.
0: so thanks for preach thanks for it, listening friend. and we'll be back next week with episode 8 take care are you leading people or dream of one day leading people what are you doing to grow your leadership skills right now crisis proof leadership where opportunity meets preparation guides leaders through the seven principles of prepared leadership and helps them focus on the actions that will get them results even during times of crisis the book is easy to read and filled with activities and tools that will help you put what you learn into action grab a copy today wherever you buy books and i can personally endorse this because i've read it and it's one of the most practical books on leadership that I've ever read. Go get one today.
1: Thanks for joining us for the Diamond Dogs podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. You can find us on Instagram at the Diamond Dogs podcast or wherever you like to listen.